Today, Jesus' story we're looking at is about Jesus and kids. It's about parents who want best for their kids, what disciples think of kids, and then what Jesus thinks about kids. And to kind of get, it, get us ready to hear the story so we know what it has to do with us, we're just going to start by thinking about what kids enjoy. And you may be thinking, well, they enjoy candy, scream time, and getting what they want. And I, you know, I, I admit, they do. But I want us to focus on three things that kids in, most enjoy, three things that actually keep them alive and keep them growing up toward adulthood. And the first one is connecting. Kids love connecting with mom and dad, somebody that they're loved by. Here's a picture of a young child holding their father's, well, it's not his hand, just his finger because the child's hand is too small to get around her dad's big hand. Kids enjoy literally physically connecting with mom or dad, grandpa or grandma, or a trusted adult. They'll reach out and grab on. When my wife Tara and I visit our kids and grandkids in Michigan, and we go to the store, run a few errands, get out of the van, as soon as Hannah, who's five, our youngest granddaughter, gets out of the van, she reaches for my hand. Because we're in the parking lot, she knows it's busy, there's cars all over the place, and she wants to be connected to me, her grandpa, a trusted person, to help her get safely to the store. She wants to hold my hand. Uh, watch kids at the playground, or just remember what your kids said to you when they were at the playground. Dad, watch me. Mom, watch me. Look what I can do. Kids have this desire to be paid attention to, to be connected to mom or dad or grandparents. They just need that. And that's one of the reasons parenting and grandparenting is so crucial in a child's life. They need that connection. They thrive on it. They enjoy it. Kids also enjoy safety. Now, here's a picture of a boy being held safe in his dad's arms. Both father and son are smiling. They're both relaxed. They're just, the son is just enjoying being held by his dad. If the son did not feel safe, he would be fighting his dad's hold. He would be struggling to get free. He'd be yelling or shouting, but he's not. He's just smiling, relaxing, safe in the father's hands. Now, when a child gets hurt, gets hurt on the playground, they do not run to the nearest tree and hug it. They cry out, Mom, Dad, and they run into those arms because they know that's a safe place. Kids need that. They enjoy that safety. And kids enjoy trusting. Now, here's a picture of a child experiencing the joy of trusting their father. Forget about the ocean in the background. Just look at the first focus on the child who's been tossed high in the air. Their father tossed them up high, feet above his reach. But the child is not worried. Just look at their body. Loose, limber, arms stretched out to the side as if they can fly. And the child's smiling. They're in a potentially dangerous situation, but they trust their father's ability to catch them, and so they're just free. And then focus on the father. The father didn't toss the child up and walk away. The father's eyes are looking up, focused on their child, hands are outreached, perfectly situated to catch their child when they fall. Kids enjoy that trusting. It just sets them free to enjoy life. Okay, now we're ready for Jesus' story. It begins with parents who want the best for their kids. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. And parents are just like that, right? Whatever the best thing is, parents want their kids to get in on it. And at this point in his teaching ministry, Jesus is the best teaching rabbi around. There are other rabbis, of course, but not like Jesus. Jesus travels and he teaches and crowds of people gather. 
He's got this reputation for being able to heal people and cast out evil spirits. And so if you're a parent and you want your kid blessed by a rabbi, Jesus is the one. And all these parents want is, just Jesus, just place your hand on my kid's head and bless them. Or if, if it's a baby, pick them up, hold them, bless them. They want the best for their kids. Jesus is the best. Jesus, here's my child. Bless them. But the disciples saw children as a bother. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Now, depending on where Jesus was teaching, hundreds or thousands of people were coming to listen. Jesus' fame and influence was growing. People would walk at great distance just to listen to him. And to the disciples who were with Jesus every day, they were beginning to sense, boy, this, this is a movement. It's growing. It's, maybe it's going to take over the whole country. And the more people that can hear Jesus, the better. And in New Testament Jewish culture, people meant the more men, the better. When the disciples counted how many people uh, Jesus fed in his feeding miracles, they did not count the women, just counted the men, and they didn't even think about counting the kids. Children get in the way. Children take time. Children can distract. Children don't have any financial resources to support Jesus' ministry. So the disciples saw Jesus, the parents and these kids as just a bother, a nuisance, they just want to kind of push him off to the side so Jesus could get on with his real work. Jesus saw things differently. Jesus welcomes children. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. The disciples got a wake-up call. They were wrong. Jesus just bypassed his disciples, looked directly at the parents and the kids and said, come on, come over. The disciples were wrong in thinking that children are a bother. Jesus reprimanded them. And if you look at the sentence, don't stop them, it has an exclamation point. Jesus raised his voice. Don't stop them. It's Jesus' way of saying, my whole work of bringing the presence of God into the world belongs to people who are just like kids. They want to be held and blessed. You see, our faith in Jesus must be childlike, not childish, not self-centered, not strong-willed, not tantrum-ready, not naive, but childlike. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So let's go back to the beginning. Childlike faith in Jesus enjoys connection with Jesus. We enjoy that. Jesus isn't just a name in a book. Jesus is the son of the living God, fully God, fully human, came to planet earth, offered his life in a crucifixion death for the sins of the world, rose victorious over the grave to a new resurrection life. He ascended back into heaven. He returns at the end, but before then, he gives a gift of his Holy Spirit to those who surrender to him. And the Holy Spirit is the way that Jesus holds our hand in this life. It's the way we hold Jesus' hand. Until we see him face to face. We hold Jesus' hand through the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, walking through this life is, is an adventure. And it's full of challenges. So just like my granddaughter, who likes to hold my hand in the busyness of the store parking lot. So when we look at life and the adventure and the challenges and the busyness, we reach out for Jesus' hand. And we enjoy that connection. Because we need it, and we want it, and it's there. 
Secondly, childlike faith, excuse me, enjoys safety. Jesus knew he was safe in the arms of his father. And Jesus invites us into that same safety of being held by the father. Now, this doesn't mean life was easy for Jesus. It wasn't. Jesus was tempted by the devil to jump out of his father's arms and make his own path. Jesus had people who disagreed with his teaching. Jesus had to deal with disciples who were incredibly slow learners and one who betrayed him. Jesus suffered a crucifixion death for the sins of the world. But all while this is happening, Jesus knew he was safe in the Father's arms. Safe. And childlike faith enables us to enjoy the safety of the Father's arms. Life is not easy for any of us. We are all tempted to walk away from the Father's arms and his goal for our life. We all deal with people who disagree with us and challenge us. We experience suffering. We experience betrayal. We live in a sin-broken world. But all the while, even in the hardest of times, childlike faith enables to enjoy the safety of being held in the Father's arms. And childlike faith in, in, helps enjoy enables us to enjoy trusting the Father. Sometimes in life, we feel like we've just been thrown up in the air. Our feet aren't on the ground anymore. We wonder where we're going to land. We don't know what's happening. Job loss, job change, relationships seem to be bending or breaking, cancer diagnosis, money problems, losing health as we grow up, death of a loved one, whatever it may be. feel like we're up in the air. And childlike faith enables us to trust that God the Father has his eye on us, and he'll catch us. We will not be dropped. God the Father will not walk away. He's focused on us. He's waiting. And at just the right time, he's going to catch us. Catch us. So we relax. We just enjoy life because we know the Father will catch us. That's childlike faith. We enjoy being connected to Jesus. We enjoy the safety of the Father's arms. And we have this peace that comes from being able to just trust the Father. And that's the kind of faith that Jesus invites you and me into. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us that as we've grown up, we've gotten cynical and suspicious and bitter and distant from you. Forgive us. Give us the gift of your Holy Spirit as we trust in your Son, Jesus, so that we become childlike in our faith. And we know that we're connected to you, and we know that we are safe in your arms, and we know that we can fully trust you and that you will catch us. We need that, and we crave it, and we ask your Holy Spirit to fill us so that begins to happen for us. We pray in Jesus' name and we all say, Amen. What is God the Father like? Pick up a New Testament if you don't have a translation you like on the bookshelf in the lobby there. Read Luke 18. It's full, full of what Jesus talks about, you know, kids' childlike faith, what it's all about. Read for yourself. Then again, as I do every Sunday, but thank you, uh, a church exists uh, and does ministry.
because as an act of our worship, as part of our worship, we give financially to the work God's given us to do as a church. So this Sunday, I just want to refresh your memory on something you may forget about. Jesus welcomes kids, so we as a church welcome kids. We do. We invest in it. We have nursery, we have Sunday school for kids, we have Net 56 after school program for kids, we have summer camp for kids. We have Jill as our full-time ministry director. She's got some part-time staff, Jen, Molly, and Mandy, who help Sundays work really well, take care of our kids. We have early learning center staff, Lori, Jen, and Lexi, who take care of our preschool. We mentor other people's kids at McKinley School during the week. In the last two years, Pastor Mark got us into helping uh, Royal Family Kids Camp, in which we're helping and sharing the love of Jesus with foster kids. I mean, kids matter to Jesus, and they matter to us. We've got a full-time youth pastor, Jesse. We have a dedicated youth ministries room upstairs. Twice a month, at the end of the service, you guys have to take down chairs. That's so the youth group can meet here, take full advantage. We have youth retreats and camps. Jesus welcomes kids, so we welcome kids as a church. Um, it's great. 